What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Come on, everyone ready? This is the SEC Insider Hit. Presented by your local Farm Bureau insurance agent. Go local. Go with a home team. Oh, the Out of Bounds Show is powered by sound and communications. Soundcomav.com. That's soundcomav.com. And this is 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Here on a Tuesday, LSU wins the national championship. There's some great video out there of LSU fans celebrating and we bring in LSU insider, Saints insider, Mike Detillier. He was at the Manning Passing Academy last week. WWL Radio TV, New Orleans. Mike D joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Mike D, how about them Tigers? You wondered a little bit. Uh, you know, could they carry this momentum to win it all? And then... You win a game and then lose one. So you're in the loser's bracket. So now you got to fight your way out of it. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, a masterful job of uh, managing by Jay Johnson. Uh, Jay really did a great job. Big question mark all season long. We had him on every week. And question about his pitching other than schemes. Uh, nothing was consistent. And he was able to make it work. Him and Wes Johnson. uh who now is going to be the head baseball coach at Georgia. Uh, they got it to work and uh, put it all in place. And certainly uh, you had the bats uh, most of the season back it up. Uh, that were lows like anything else in baseball. But um, high expectations. You were preseason number one. You stayed there for 14 weeks until lost a couple games. And then Wake Forest took over as number one. But uh, – uh, Jay did a fantastic job here, really did, in piecing this team together. And uh, I'd have to throw uh, kudos also out to Paul Maneri, you know, because a lot of these players were guys Paul Maneri brought in. Uh, you know, everybody talks about what the transfer portal and certainly a huge part of this team. But I'll be honest, when they brought in Paul's schemes, did anybody think he would be like what he was this year? You know, no one. Uh, Tommy White was brought in. He was a really good player at North Carolina State. Uh, Thatcher Hurd uh, from UCLA. But Paul was the one who recruited Dylan Cruz and Cade Beloso. And Thompson and Braden Gilbert, Gavin Dugas. He had all of these guys. He recruited. And Jay knew that from day one. He, he said it was a big part of him accepting the job here, that he knew there was a really good foundation in place. <clears throat> and he was able to get some key pieces through the transfer portal, which that's going to be the, the ways of the future. Okay, you replace a guy. It's not going to be an 18-year-old high school kid. It's going to be somebody from somewhere else that comes in and makes the difference. So uh, Jay did a great job, really, really did. He handled it really well. 
Mike, do you know how much money Marucci uh, invested in the in the NIL last year? I'm not real sure of that, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, I'm sure it was quite a bit, uh, you know. And, you know, just to think about in less than 90 days, LSU has won a women's national basketball championship in a men's baseball championship. So, uh, Brian Kelly, hey, uh, time to kick it off, right? <laughs> Man, pressure's on Kelly now. Oh. Uh, you know, he, uh, you know he, he just saw the up the ante, so to speak, on things. And, you know, if you'd have asked me this in January, which team you think will win the national championship first, one would have been LSU baseball. Because of what was coming. Now, I I had no idea Paul Skeens would be this good. No idea. But a lot of the pieces were in place for him to make a run. The two spot would have been LSU football. It wouldn't have been Kim Mulkey and LSU women's basketball because of the fact that, you know, South Carolina looked like such a daunting task to overcome. And... Uh, and I think it even surprised Kim, to be honest with you. Uh, she never lowered her expectations, but I think she always thought the run would be in 2024. It wouldn't have been in 2023. And yet she got it a year early. And, and look how they've set themselves up for another strong run, um, you know, for 2024. But, yeah, there's a little bit of pressure on Brian Kelly today. Uh, Jay Johnson did it in year two. Kim Mulkey did it in year two. Uh, Brian, you enter in year two. Hey, uh, uh, it's time to uh, maybe win it. But, man, you got to give Scott Woodward a lot of credit here, Bo. He went out immediately. He had focused in on Kim Mulkey, and he was able to land her. We all know Jay Johnson was not his first choice. But it ended up being the choice. Who was? Do you remember who his first choice was, Mike? <clears throat> I really think everything being open. Bianco. Listen, it don't hurt. It don't hurt you to ask. Was that he went after the Florida head coach? Oh, O'Sullivan, and then Bianco, and then Jay Johnson, maybe, or and the former Oregon State coach. Oh, Pat Casey. He went after Pat, but that was pushback. And we all know the situation would happen there with him in the picture. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, off yeah. the field stuff. Man, there were a lot of board of supervisors, people that told me there ain't no way in the world <laughs> I would accept Pat Casey coming here. It's not going to happen. Uh, but it doesn't matter because I don't think Brian Kelly was his first choice either. Okay? Uh, I think we all know that if he had his brothers, he would have tried to bring Jimbo Fisher here. That would have been a terrible hire. Good grief. And and sometimes um, your first instincts are right, and sometimes they're not. And Jimbo decided to stay at Texas A&M because of the recruiting class that was coming in. And there was no doubt he flirted with Lincoln Riley. Um, He won't admit it. Okay, nobody's going to say it, but he flirted with Lincoln Riley. And when Lincoln decided, I'm going to SC, then he turned to Brian Kelly. My thing about it is, it doesn't matter 
who you may be talked to, who you may be liked better. It's who you end up with, okay? In the long run, it's who you ended up with. And he look look the choices he made. If you think about it, in Mulkey, in Jay Johnson, in Brian Kelly, how it has changed his program. Uh, now the jury's still out on Mac McMahon as the LSU basketball coach because he's got a tall mountain to climb to catch up in the SEC, a really tall mountain uh, to to kind of glance to. But uh, he boy, he's made three tremendous choices there. In, in sports, and really has been, um, I, I think, so much more confident and more focused athletic director than what they had before in Joe Oliva. Yeah. Oh, Joe. Huh. Do you even know where he is now? Do you know where Joe Oliva is, Mike? Is he retired or I'm not, working? I'm pretty sure he's retired. Okay. And uh, he had always talked about going back to Duke, uh, to North Car- in the North Carolina area. He he, he always talked about when this was going to be over for him that he would retire and go back into the North Carolina area. Okay. Oh, Mike, I know I want what what I wanted to talk to you about too. Uh, Mike Dettelier, WWL Radio TV, New Orleans. I want to talk about the LSU QB room. We'll get to MPA Manning Passing Academy here in just okay. a minute. But, sure. um, okay. So with Jaden, Dan- you know you. You've got the best SEC or one of the best one of the best quarterbacks in the country coming back. And with with Nussmeyer behind him, do you believe that LSU has the best quarterback room or Ole Miss with Dart and and Sanders? Or I, I mean, I, I know Howard's there, but they don't expect him to play this year. Uh, there may be another one, but but how would you rank it as far as QB rooms, Mike? Yeah, I would give LSU the nod. But man, it's—I think it's fairly close. <laughs> a lot closer than a lot of LSU people would want to admit. Uh, I just think Lane did a great job of, of having that room set up the way it is, with Dart and then bringing in Saunders from Oklahoma State, and then he's got Howard in the wings. At LSU because of Daniels is all-around skills. And he's improved so much as a passer, and you could see it. Uh, we always knew he could run the ball, and, and he was a threat big time as a runner. But he is so much more comfortable throwing from the pocket. Now I get to talk to him last Friday for quite some time, and he said that, that was a big part of it, uh, of being comfortable in that pocket. And remember, he's a transfer guy, so he didn't have a lot of time to work with the receivers and then I think they all went to California last year for a short time, tried to get that down, but it was still up and down throughout the year until late. And then Jaden took a far uh, as a player, and he's much more confident this year in the system. Also, two people got to remember, he played last year behind two freshman tackles. But I, if memory serves me, Ole Miss had two freshman tackles also, right? That's a good question, Mike D. Jason, look that up for me, please. I'm pretty sure they both played with two freshman tackles. I know LSU did. I know L- Ole Miss had at least one, and I'm thinking it's two. Man, you're a new quarterback in a new system. 
and you got two 18-year-olds protecting you? Now, Mason Taylor is a tremendous tight end prospect. He was an 18-year-old freshman, too. So I think it's set up, and I always look at it, when you're trying to pick a team that can win a national championship, you, the keys are, one, you got to have an experienced quarterback. Secondly, I like to see at least three to four returning linemen, especially the center, a big-time playmaker out at wide receiver, an edge pass rusher, a dominant linebacker, and a really good secondary. LSU has got all those checked off, but the final one, because I can't tell you who's going to start at cornerback at LSU this year, hmm. and neither could Brian Kelly. Uh, it's a lot of transfer people, and how that mixes. If you look at how Georgia and Alabama has run this, and you look at that sort of blueprint, basically they had it there. And Georgia, <laughs> I think what was underrated with them because their front seven was so good was the talent they had in the secondary to match up. And it didn't matter who they played. They matched up. And one of the things with Kirby, and I noticed from Pete Jenkins, you know, he said, you know, Kirby does some things with his corners and safeties, not a lot of teams do, and that is almost use them like a hybrid linebacker and and getting pressure. He trusts that his corners can one-on-one downfield with people. Well, <clears throat> Years ago, that was the strength of LSU. Yeah, it's not. It's a lot of the unknown at LSU of who is going to be. There's talent there, but who is going to be the corners? at LSU, and the nickel cornerback at LSU. I think the safeties are fine, but I'm unsure about that cornerback. And if you have question marks there, guess what Florida State's doing? Come on, it ain't no mystery. Uh, I'm going right after LSU, uh, throwing the football, and I'm going to challenge those corners right off the bat. I'm going to challenge them. Mike Dettelier, WWL Radio TV New Orleans on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Okay, so Mike, walk me through this. The Manning Passing Academy, it's cool. It's it's Eli and Peyton and Archie and all this. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's probably something you can take away, but then there's uh, it may be tough to gauge because they're not going against the live bullets and so on. But, you know, I guess as far as college QBs, uh, who – we can do more than one, but let's start with number one. Who was the most impressive quarterback at the Manning Passing Academy? Drake May from North Carolina. Okay. Uh, Archie and I sat down, talked. He came with us uh, for our time on WWL Friday, and before we started talking, I said, Drake May, you know what he reminds me of? A young Andrew Luck. And he's like, Mike, that's a really good comparison. That's who he looks like physically. Uh, he can make all the throws, really smart young man, genetics. Man, he got it. Uh, dad, brother, you name it, uncles. Uh, they're all major college sports. And in his first year, I thought he really played pretty well, especially early on. He kind of trailed a little bit later. And <clears throat> maybe that had to do with 
things beyond his control. But I, I was impressed with him, how he handled the situation. When you lose all those people to the NFL, they, you know, they had two running backs get picked in the um, second round, and they lost a couple of key receivers. And he handled that offense so well. And you could see it, his poise, his ability to throw a very catchable football. He's got a strong arm. I think his best throws are in the medium-range areas of the field, <clears throat> anywhere from 12 to 25. That's what he really does best. But the guy that won the Anthony Richardson Award this year was Joe Milton III. Uh, my goodness. Um, we were sitting in the back end zone and it was funny cooper was saying okay guys back there and he knew i was sitting back there y'all better be careful joe milton's up he threw a pass over 70 yards on a dart in the corner of the end zone to a receiver that he caught his first pass he threw it over 70 the receiver dropped it hit him right in a bad place in the hands <laughs> But Joe Milton, physically, um, he is so much like Anthony Richardson from Florida. And he did the backflip, just like Richardson oh, did last Lord. year. Oh, goodness. He, he, he spun in the Jinxed air. himself. Came, uh, I'm like, good gracious. He's a very confident young man from Pahokee, Florida. And uh, got a chance to talk. And, you know, in the interview, he talked about being scuffed in life. You know, it's like nobody gave me anything. I was scuffed, though. I go to Michigan. It didn't work out. I go to Tennessee. And Hendon Hooker, I told him what Hooker had told me last year. Hendon told me the next big thing in, in the, the SEC is going to be Joe Milton the third. He said the only thing keeping him back is consistency. Wow. He said, that's why I'm the starter and he's not. Wow. Hooker, Hooker was very open about Man, that guy is talented. But he spoke about <clears throat> that was something he had to gain. And he gained it at Tennessee, the consistency to do it play after play. And he said the only thing keeping him back is is being consistent. But, uh, man, he's got a chance uh, to be really special in an offense that uh, – is certainly going to be quarterback friendly with Josh Heupel. Oh, Heupel's so good. All right, behind Drake May, take out the, you know, throwing at 70 yards, but guys that just sharp, clean, progressions, accurate. Behind May, who would you, you know, who would you put in like two and three and four spots, Mike D? Uh, Michael Penix Jr. from Washington mm -hmm. was very impressive. Uh, Jaden Daniels from LSU would have to be in that in that group, and a young man by the name of Cameron Ward from Washington, who I saw. So we had a long talk. He actually came shake hands with me. I was on the sidelines, Nickel State playing Incarnate Word. And um, his dad listens to WWL. And so he, he came talk, shake hands with me and everything else, and I got to meet his dad uh, while I was standing on the sidelines. And then he, he has a a great running incarnate word. Then he goes to Washington State, and so I would say, other than Drake May, Joe Milton, certainly Michael Penix. Okay, what about this, Mike? Uh, were Dart and Will Rogers there? 
Rodgers was, Dart wasn't. How did Rodgers look? Rodgers always looked solid. I mean, he he knows where to go with the football. He's in that system where it's quick reads and not get rid of the football fast. <clears throat> and you could tell <laughs> his accuracy, skills, his touch. Where I think he's gotten better, Bo, is arm strength. He looks stronger throwing the football deeper downfield than what I remember a year ago. Uh, I thought maybe some of the passes sort of maybe kind of fluttered a bit on the deeper throws. I thought he was much better on the deeper throws this year, much better. So I think he's worked on physically getting stronger. And as you get a little older sure. uh, in maturity, you're going to get stronger uh, throwing the football. So, uh, I th- I thought Rogers looked very very good, very good. Um, so Dart wasn't there. Spencer Sanders, I guess, wasn't there. Was Walker? No, was How Howard no, there? Th- I-, I did not see Walker there. Okay, did not. All Walker right, but there. but but Will Rogers visibly looked stronger um, than than twelve well, months ago. Deeper throws because the one thing I've always talked about Will is how accurate he is on that short intermediate stuff. Now, listen, you, you're you not playing in that leech offense without being accurate. Sure. Short intermediate. You you got it. That's, that's always was something Mike stressed. And he was – and I will say Will was really good at it. Where he's gotten better is on the intermediate longer throws where there's not as much air under it. And he, he was pinpoint. He was very good. But he's always been a very accurate passer. Always has been. But I think what's going to be the difference this year is his ability to get out the deeper throws. And, and that, I know Drew used to always talk about it, and Peyton Manning has spoke about it. The hardest throw in football is those longer throws. And Sometimes it's a touch issue. Sometimes it's just getting enough air under it. Sometimes it's arm strength. Because Peyton was open about, at the end of my career, I couldn't do that anymore. You know, that had been taken away from him. And and, and that's what Drew lost also late in his career. Right, right. That's and, a good so, point. Uh, I do think if I'm building that offense at State, I – I would add a little bit more of the deeper throws. I think I think Barbe will the new OC. I, I, I think I, I think, I think so. it's part of it because I can see Will is physically stronger and can make those throws better than he could earlier in his career. Thanks, Mike D. Uh, we're off next Tuesday, but we'll either hook up the next week or later in the week. Thanks, buddy. We'll do it. Thank you, brother. Um, and happy fourth to our friend Mike Detillier, who's awesome and been awesome for the last. 10 years or so on the show. WWL Radio TV, New Orleans. Hey, that interview is brought to you by our friends at Sound and Communications. Soundcomav.com. Audio visual, right? Acoustics, audio, video, lighting. They can design and install for your government building, school, church, sports facility. All powered by Sound and communications soundcomav.com